0: I've been genuinely frightened probably only a few times in my life. I've been scared before, but genuinely like just very, very scared. One was just the other night when Kylie waited patiently next to my bed, like in a little ball, until I came in there and she jumped out and said, "rar," And it liked to stop my heart. A couple other times, Sarah Hall used to do that to me in youth. I'd come down the stairs and it'd catch me off guard and scare me. But one of the most absolutely scary times in my life it was years ago before we had kids I would just become youth pastor at a, a previous church that we were at and uh, we had this uh, just a little youth gathering we probably had maybe six or seven kids in the youth group it was a pretty small youth group and I bought pizzas for everybody because I thought it would be cool to buy pizzas and, and uh, after we were done we played games and did all this stuff and then we went around back and we were, we were using the space in an old church and the, where we were was, it was way around the other side where the dumpster was so I had all these empty boxes of pizza, and I went out there, and I was walking all the way around through lots of thick concrete walls, so nobody could hear me inside at all. So I've just got youth in there, and I walk around the back, and I've got this stack of empty boxes, and I hear something rummaging around in the dumpster, and I assume it's a raccoon or a rat or something. I don't know what it is, and so I kicked it, boom, because I'm a big bad man. And I'm not worried about what's in there. Boom, and it was boom, and what, <laughs> what came out of that dumpster was the scariest, biggest pit bull I've ever seen in my life, the most athletic, <laughs> furious, intelligent pit bull I've ever seen in my life, and I have these boxes, and I started naturally. You want to run, right? And I remembered somewhere, I don't know, some some movie. You don't run, yeah, something. Don't run. Probably Cujo. Or something, I don't know. Don't run. And uh, I don't know what it was. Maybe a uh, nature channel or something. So I went like that. I was like, no, I don't need to run. And sure enough, he's coming at me, and, and so I, I lunge back at him because I think I'm gonna that's what I need to do with a dog, you scare them back. But all I've got is empty boxes, and so half the boxes come off, and I've only got one left. But they hit the ground and I was like, No! 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 Like if he has any training, maybe he'll remember heel! Sit! He's not worried about me, and he's literally snarling, and I'm in a corner, like the way the building goes, I'm in I'm literally cornered by this pit bull. And don't get me wrong. I'm, as I go on with this story, I may speak badly of the pit bull. I'm not against pit bulls. Don't call PETA on me. I'm using it as an analogy, so bear with me. But this really did happen. This isn't a, uh, this isn't a story I made up. So I'm yelling at this dog, no, 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 please don't kill me. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm very, uh, I like I have cartoons going through my head. I have all these ideas going through my head. And literally, I'll never forget this. I remember thinking, he's plotting on me. He wants to kill me. He's plotting on me. So I'm thinking he wants to, like, get back here. And take me down so he can rip my jugular out, right? He wants to rip my throat out. That's what he wants to do, obviously. And he's seriously, arr, arr, like he's, and he's, and he's doing this. And I'm going, ah, no, no, no. And he's just, he's pacing me. And it felt like forever, probably only like a minute, but it felt like forever. And I was very, 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 very scared. Eventually, the, uh, one of the neighbors or something who was familiar with the dog I had issues with or whatever, he comes around and took both of us to kind of come together. He was scared of the dog too. It wasn't just me. He was scared too. But together, (laughs) I'll teach a lesson on that later. But together, we we got kind of together and shoot him away. But I tell you, I was seriously so afraid of this dog, like I thought he was going to kill me. Did you say it was a pit bull? It was a pit bull. I think it was a pit bull terrier. It was like a mix, maybe. He was very athletic. That's all I know. Because he jumped out of that dumpster like an anime character with like lines and like, whoa. And I was the same. I just had pizza boxes. What? No! Anyway, I, I told you I live in a little bit of an animated state. So, anyway, I was genuinely afraid of this dog, no doubt. And to this day, it's probably one of the most scared times because all of the things go through your Like, I really did. I thought, he's trying to get my ankle so he can rip my throat out, and I'm going to die, and the youth are in there, and they're going to come find me, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> and, like, all that stuff goes through your mind. So I was very afraid of this. So I said that to, to make a point about, um, about fear, but also about about the dog, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. Um, we're going to be we're jumping back into Galatians. I didn't plan on it, but I wanted to talk about living by the Spirit, and sure enough, it was right there where I was in Galatians, like one chapter over. Um, so we're going to we're going to start in Galatians five thirteen, and we'll back up a little bit, but we're going to stay right around there. Galatians five thirteen it's talking about life by the Spirit. Now, uh, growing up in and I didn't grow up in church, but after I got saved, I began to go to church. I began to hear the which uh, sounds kind of like the dog story, too. Which dog do you feed, the good one or the bad one? Or which beast do you feed, the good one or the bad one? And we've, we've kind of grown up thinking either we, we're going to walk in the flesh or walk in the spirit, like it's something we can jump in and out of. Have you all heard that, that thinking or that mindset? Um, I don't believe that anymore. Uh, but you can see where people can get confused if you, if you take this out of context. So, this is, this is where a lot of people go, and you can see kind of some of this, and it's mentioned in other scriptures as well. Verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, let me give you a backstory and catch you up if you haven't been here. We started in Galatians, and basically, uh, Paul went to Galatia, ministered to them. They got saved through Christ and through his grace and through his love, um, and they didn't have the, the backstory and all the history of the Jews, and all the legalism, and all the, the circumcision, and all the things the Jews went through. So, they weren't caught up in that, so they had a fresh start. It was kinda of like me because I didn't grow up in church. I didn't I didn't get a lot of the traditions. I got some when I first got saved, but I didn't grow up steeped in a lot of the traditions. So they weren't steeped in these traditions. So they they were introduced to grace. They were introduced to Jesus and so they were living by the Spirit. Well then these some other people come in there and begin to tell them, Oh, well that's great. Yeah, do that. That's good. But also you need to be circumcised and you need to do these things. And so that's where he is and Paul is addressing this. He's saying, Look, this isn't that's not how you started, that's not how you're gonna finish. You were you were uh, born into this thing a new life in grace in love in Christ don't try to go backwards to a system that doesn't work so he says verse 13 you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge, indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love now we're going to come back to that because he says but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love now he says rather because he's, con- he's that's, that's the opposite of something so we're going to come back to that. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Verse 14 says, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Lots of pit bull references in here. Anyway, I don't hate pit bulls. They're great. I've seen some great ones and they're really sweet. But in this, we're going to use this way. Verse 16, So, I say, walk by the Spirit and you, will, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires... Listen, the flesh desires, not you, the flesh desires what is contrary to what? To the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they're in conflict with each other. So that you do not, so that you do, not do what you want. That's kind of confusing there. But we're going to come back to that. But if, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts, now look at that, we're going to compare this to fruits later, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions. I always say fractions. I hate fractions. Factions and envy, drunkenness, (laughs) orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, not Acts now, this is the fruit of the Spirit, Love, peace, joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have, past tense, have crucified the flesh with its, the flesh with its, get this, not yours, with its passions and desires. You got to catch this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Now, there's a lot there and there's a lot to dissect. I'm going to try to just touch on a few points here. Um, but we read all that and, and I could see where people could come away from that um, on the surface saying, okay, live by the Spirit not by the flesh. So you choose each day which way you want to live. So you want to live this way or you want to live that way. You choose each step which way you want to live. Though we do make choices. That's not what he's talking about here. Why is he not talking about that? Look at the context of who he's writing and what he's writing about. He's writing to a bunch of people that got saved in Christ through grace through love with the Holy Spirit they've, they've been saved and made right and now they're trying to go backwards to a system that's dead okay that's who he's talking to so we're gonna jump back into, into Galatians 5 1 It's just right before that it says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery mark my words I Paul tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised Christ will be of no value to you at all. He's talking about Old Covenant rituals and and traditions that go along with Judaism. If you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value of all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to what? To obey the whole law, all of it. You who are trying, get this, never will be, but you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ, you have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only Listen to this. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. What I titled this, the last three sermons is Lord Have Mercy. And it's talking about the Lord... Ha- wanting mercy and desiring mercy over sacrifice, and we talked a little bit about it uh, the last few weeks. So the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. He's putting a very big emphasis on that. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? The truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm thinking of Grace Unplugged now with the, the rolls. I'm confident, sorry, I'm easily distracted. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished, meaning Jesus wasn't enough. That's what he's saying. If, if it was just circumcision, then that, if, if, it's, if we can find our way through the law, then what's the point of Jesus even being crucified? As for those, this is a little sketchy here. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. That's pretty rough. He's some pretty bold letters basically saying, if you think that that's the way you're going to do it, just go ahead and take it off. Take it off. Take it all off. Go ahead and castrate yourself. If you think that that's going to get you somewhere, why do you stop halfway? It's a pretty bold statement from Paul. Anyway, can't sugarcoat this stuff what Paul's doing is he's comparing your new life in the spirit to your old life in the flesh okay he's not talking about our own power our own decisions to do things he's he's talking about two covenants here he's talking about the difference between them he's talking about we need to stop trying to get somewhere that you already are get somewhere by your own merit that Christ has died to put you in place so we're going to go back which actually is forward to Galatians 5.13 again you my brothers and sisters were called to be free do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Don't play with a dead system, is what he's saying. So imagine this. We talked about the dog and my fear and all the stuff. Let's, we're we're going to take that a step further. Let's say this dog, um, this is figuratively, this is not a real dog. So, Say this dog tormented me every day. Say I was in that corner all the time and I couldn't get away from it. I could get food and drink and I could live, but this dog continually tormented me and I was always, in, I was always afraid of it. Um, for years, I was afraid of it. This dog tormented me. One day... The Lord comes and rescues me from this dog, kills the dog. Like I said, this is figurative, so I'm not killing pit bulls. Kills the dog, takes away all my fears, takes care of that stuff. But a year from now, I go back and I, I get that dog stuffed, and I make his, his mouth look real snarly. <laughs> and, and I set him up in my room, and I begin to, to remind myself that he's there, and I'm afraid of him. That wouldn't make any sense, would it? Why would I go back and play with a dead dog? <laughs> when I've been freed from that. You get it? So what he's saying here is, these are two different things. These are two separate things. You don't go backwards to something when you've got something better already. This has already been given to you. He's talking to the Galatians. He's saying, I came and I gave you this message. It wasn't, and and we've talked about this uh, about two weeks ago, that Paul even says, I didn't go talk to all my all my fellow Jews and the teachers of the law to see if I had a good idea and create this plan to evangelize this nation. He went up for three years and just spent time with the Lord and heard from the Lord and the Holy Spirit, right? This is the difference in the, between the old life and the new life. The, the old way, the flesh, you, you operated by doing things, and he uses key words here. He talks about, let's see, where are they? Acts of the flesh. When he talks about spirit, he talks about fruits of the spirit. He's saying, don't waste your time doing, thing, doing fleshly things because that's not who you are. Can we still do that? Yeah, you're free. You've been set free to do whatever you want. Why waste your time playing with a dead dog <laughs> when he's taking care of all that stuff for you? Why try to operate in a system that no longer exists? Why, when you've been born into grace and love and understand that there's a Holy Spirit here for you, would you go back to something that is dead when you have a living, breathing, moving Holy Spirit that you can operate with that's your helper, why go back and try really hard to fulfill a law that you couldn't fulfill anyway? So he's making a a distinct separation here. But what he says is, rather serve one another humbly in love. Why would he say that in contrary to the other? Think about this. He says, do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. I think there's a contrast there. The reason he's saying that is because if you do begin to get steeped in the law and in rituals and all these things, he says at the very end, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying, in verse 26, envying each other. What happens when we begin to hold standards for each other? We begin to build, build the standard that somebody else can't meet. We begin to get conceited, right? Why would he, why would he, why would he go against using our freedoms to indulge in the flesh immediately our mind goes to, okay, well, things of the flesh are all going to be the things that I've dealt with. We don't look at the things of the flesh that could be pride. Because these aren't exhaustive. That list isn't exhaustive. He's giving examples to these people. He's talking to the Galatians. He's talking to things that they're dealing with. But in that, factions is part of it. I mentioned fractions because I hate fractions while I did in school. But factions are actually divisions within their places. They were having fights, and they were having divisions within them. They were separating because some were thinking they were better than others and some were beginning to get steeped in this old old covenant law and they're saying, "Well, I'm circumcised, I'm better than you." And these are not Jews. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. These aren't even Jews. They're not even they're not even part of that promised covenant, but but the but there are people that are trying to get them into that. Does this make sense? So they're going back and they're saying, "Okay, well now I'm better." Okay, well then I need, now I need to be better. Now if, if all we're doing is comparing each other to each other, that's a that's a messy road, right? That's, to me, that leads to destruction because if all we're doing is comparing each other to each other, one of us is always going to be better than the other, right? So we talk about submission this morning. We submit to somebody that we know is greater than ourselves. So that's the problem with trying really hard to do better. I, I, I got this. I was walking around the driveway one, one day this weekend in the midst of doing two or three different projects. I kind of took a break and just walked around because I was just overwhelmed with all the things that were going on. And I began to think of something. It was something uh, Judah, Smith, Judah Smith said in a sermon I'd heard a long time ago about how pornography was more of an escape than just a lust issue. It was more just of an escape thing to try to get away from the reality that we, we live in, which is a common problem with people. A lot of people get a divorce because they think, well, the grass is greener and I'll be happier over there. A lot of people will move out of their house into a better house or a bigger house or get a better car because they think they'll escape the reality that they're in. Does that make sense? We all kind of have this idea of escaping. Well, that's all self-centered. That's all selfish. That's opposite of what the gospel teaches us. What this overarching theme here, and when he says, uh, and I repeated about loving, but he says uh, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I know I'm jumping around here, but I just, I'm trying to get to a point in not a lot of time. The overarching theme here is, is love and understanding that even in situations, and, and I use pornography because that's, that's a lot of guys struggle with that, when you get past the point of just trying to stop or having accountability or having computer programs to keep you, those will only keep you away so long until something else happens in you that makes you not want to do that thing. Does that make sense? There's only so many regulations and rules and computer programs that can keep you from doing certain things. And this, this is just one example. Until you begin to see, okay, these are people, okay? Whatever the videos or the pictures, these are people. Now there's many of you know that there is this this terrible sex trade that goes on and there's all these these girls that are taken and given drugs and, and when you begin to see these are daughters and mothers and sisters, when you begin to see and love people more than your own desires, that's when you have a heart change. When you go to that place when you get tempted and you see something and I and I'll tell you just I'm into cars and stuff like that. You can look at cars and up in the corner will pop up some advertisement for wheel cleaner or something ridiculous like that and it'll be some you know half-dressed woman you know and that's it's, mar- it's a marketing scheme it's clever it's because men are visually stimulated it's just how we are we, we're visually stimulated like that but if and I'm, I'm using this as an example because if you if immediately you go to the place okay well i want to escape my rally or i want to fulfill this desire that i think is is what i want then you can let yourself fall into that does that make sense But if you go to a different place, if you say, okay, this is a person, this is someone's daughter, this is someone's mother, this is something beyond my own needs and my own thing, my own whatever it is, my own desires, if you go to a different place, that changes your heart. Does that make sense? It's not just a training your mind thing. It's understanding more of what's actually happening here. Okay? Now, I could go much further with that, but I just want to give an example there because there's something beyond rules and regulations that we need that only goes so far. And so there has to be a heart change. There has to be a Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. And I've shown you guys examples. Um, and, I, and I'm trying to think of who I can embarrass in here. <laughs> I already embarrassed Gabe so much. I not want to bring him back up here. Uh, Bill, can I embarrass you? Come on up. i do this. I'll do, I'll do it down here. <clears throat> um, the reason I say this is because we have, uh, we have this Holy Spirit that's with us. And so when, when I was just talking about do you it. Get to be the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I had not decided yet. (laughs) I don't think so. I think I'm going to be. I'm trying to think of how this is going to play out. Um, I just thought of this. Just work with me. I'm just kind of off the cuff here. So, (laughs) um, I'm supposed to embarrass you. You flipped it on me. So, uh, So, anyway, so we have this Holy Spirit that's with us, and it talks about being in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, we know we don't just train our minds to do these things. We have a Holy Spirit that guides us, right? Okay? So, we're walking. We're in step. So, we're walking, and it's not just that the Holy Spirit, okay, we stop. And, and we're in step with the Holy Spirit. This is a living, breathing Holy Spirit. This isn't a set of rules and regulations and laws that we have to follow and we have to always go back to. This is the Holy Spirit that says, hey, not only I'm not just trying to keep you from doing things, I'm going to be the Holy Spirit in this. You're just going to be you, Bill. Can you be you? Sure. Okay. So Bill's going to be Bill, and, and, and Bill's walking through life, and he's struggling with whatever issue he's struggling with, and, and he's tempted by something that in his old life would be gratifying. Does that make sense? Not that it would be gratifying his new life, but he's reminded. Because this is a bit counterintuitive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Haven't we been trained in our culture that we react, we, we do things conditionally. You do for me, I do for you. you, uh, you know, I do you a favor, but really, you owe me, yeah. right? So what is going to make him change what his mind in being loving unconditionally? You don't owe me anything. I just want to bless you. What, what changes that? It's me. Not me, literally, but the Holy Spirit. It's me. I say, hey. And this this brings me always brings me back to my daughters because there are times, um, and, and I don't know if you've witnessed this, Bill, before. But when you're working on something, I work on a lot of tinker with stuff. When you're working on something, or maybe editing pictures or whatever, and your kids will want to, hey, yeah, okay, <laughs> you, you could tell, and your kids want to see. Well, there's there's times when you need to get things done, but there's times when you need to stop and go, okay, do I love this project or this more? Is it more important than my kids? Right? That's that's where you take the deep breath and go, okay. okay it may take me three hours to get this one bolt into this, into this car, <laughs> but I need to show my kids lefty loosey, righty tighty kind of. You know, I need to, what's, what's happening here? And that's when we consult the Holy Spirit, okay, what's more important here? And this isn't something that you always go back to just what you learned, because honestly, I don't remember all the sermons that I've taught. I, I don't expect you to always remember all of them, but I do expect the Holy Spirit to, to move in you Amen. and to move with you and to walk with you. That's the reality that we live in, right? And so in those moments, we go, okay, and here, here's, here's what I think is really holding back the ch- not just our church, the modern C church is a lack of leaning more into the Holy Spirit is because we've gotten a lot more self-referential even inside churches because we're smarter. And we're smart. I mean, we're intelligent. We've got computers, and we can figure things out. But we lean so heavily on that that we've not embraced some of the mysteries in the Holy Spirit. We've not embraced some of the power the Holy Spirit brings us in basic decision-making. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. But so we're walking. We walk in step. And so what we're doing is we align what's going on up here with what's going on here. Remember, it's the reverse. It's not, you know, think your way into a new way of believing. It's believing your way into a new way of thinking. It's this Holy Spirit that goes, you go, okay, I know I don't need, you know, I know if I give this person $200, $200. I expect some favor in, in a year in a year or two. I want him to come help me, you know, build my shed or something. You know what I mean? Naturally, we, we begin to think that because that's the way we've kind of been trained in the culture that we live in. But the Holy Spirit says, no, I'm telling you to give him $300 and don't expect anything in return. See the difference? But here's the thing. Are you talking to the Holy Spirit? Now, these are serious questions I'm asking you as a church. Can I, can I say something?
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay, so... <clears throat> um, for years, I have—it's—it's it's been a habit of mine. This every single day, I surrender everything to God, and I ask the Holy Spirit to take total and complete control. And the thing is, God doesn't need to hear that. God knows that I need to right. hear that. I need to hear myself say that. Right. Um, it's because it's an area that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. About, I mean, let's be honest. I have five kids, so I don't have <laughs> a lot of control. So, but I crave that. <laughs> And so um, just since Kathy's passing, it's become even more important because unless I'm centered and unless um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, I tend to want to grab and try to take control, and to be perfectly honest, when you try to do that, that's when it slips, mm-hmm. and that's when you lose control. That's true. Um, so at least personally, the only way I'm even surviving is just by totally surrendering everything to God.
0: That's good. So. Cool. You can sit down. I didn't really do a whole lot. You did enough. You did. well what you said, what you said is is good and we needed to hear, and because we don't we don't say prayers, we don't speak to the Holy Spirit as if he doesn't know already. The thing about that, as I was standing next to Bill too, the Holy Spirit knows future, right? Knows past, is is omnipresent, right? Knows is outside of time and space. So he knows what's best for you even if you don't see it yet. Amen. It's kind of like me and my kids and, you know, teaching them things. And so they, not always voluntarily, will submit to me for, for those for those things because I do know what's best for them because I have been around a little bit longer. Now, how much greater is this Holy Spirit, especially as they begin to grow up and the Holy Spirit begins to move in them, we begin to teach them to lean on the Holy Spirit. Hey, this is going to be outside of what you're going to see in your schools. sometimes. This is going to be outside... What you may see your friends do or not do this is going to be outside of your physical reality, but it's very real and i and I think it's important that we teach our kids that too because if if we're just and this is this is something that i that I keep uh I keep thinking about too is I'm not let me see how to put this it's the revelation the Holy Spirit gives you or gives tracy or or or, you know, gives Joe. The Holy Spirit gives us these words and gives us these things, and it's up to us to be um, submissive, really, to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm going to do it, right? That's not a a legalistic thing. It's not a work-based thing. It's a saying, hey, I trust that this is good, and I want to do that because I know ultimately it's going to benefit you, right? Cars are made for gas. We're made for the Holy Spirit, he knows how we ran. He, he created you. He designed you in your mother's womb. He, uh, he knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows you, and he knows what's best for you. He's not going to lead you somewhere that's not good. But by our limited perspective, sometimes we don't see it. And so that's where we lean into the Holy Spirit and we say, and this is literally just like Bill was saying. Sometimes you have to say it out loud. When I was talking about doing sub, being submissive, that's not natural to me. This is not a natural position to me. I'm not real good with that. But because I know how good God is, and His Holy Spirit does speak to me that way, and I listen, I'll tell myself, just listen, Justin. Just listen to what He's saying. Sometimes I need to hear myself say that. You may need to hear yourself say that. Just listen. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Communication. How many of you agree communication is paramount in a relationship, any relationship? Right? Tracy will agree. I'm not always the best at it. But communication, communication, communication. We try. The Holy Spirit, you're in communion. You're in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have to communicate with the Holy Spirit. And this is serious. This is real. If we're not continually doing that, then we're just depending on, what, our own understanding? How many of you have screwed up there? How many of you have really thought you had it figured out? (laughs) Man, I just had like five things go by. that I thought I had figured out that two weeks later, I completely bombed. And I did not have it figured out at all. Listen, the, the the Holy Spirit is not a great idea. Man, I had a lot more to say about all that. It's not a great idea. It's not a. Well, I got another Sunday. It's a cool thing about being a pastor. I can talk about it next Sunday. The the, the Holy Spirit's not not a new way of thinking. It's not a um, trying to you know figure out this thing. It's 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 life. I mean, it is life. And, and when we're walking and moving and doing things, from the smallest decisions to the biggest, we need to be consulting this Holy Spirit. He—it's not—I don't know—I don't—I don't want to be too rude about it, but it's it, take it seriously. This isn't a, a joke or a toy. It's not something. These are these are tools that are necessary for our life, and we can really wreck our life if we don't utilize it. Me included. And so. <clears throat> Having said that, I want to give you guys an opportunity. We're about to wrap up. I want to give you an opportunity to uh, to do this. Well, I'll have a good sermon next week. I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, to do this because this is, like I said, this is life and this is reality. And so I don't know how long it's going to take, but I don't think we need to take a ton of time. But, uh, geez, I didn't even turn my phone on silent. Bad pastor. Bad pastor. All right, guys, stand up with me. Um, <clears throat> I don't I don't do this often, I may not do it ever again, but I feel like <clears throat> I want to open up prayer. But i like and I haven't even told Tracy this, I probably should have been I should have more communicated better. But I'd like for I'd like for me and Tracy to be up here for, for you guys to to pray for you. Um and this is this is one of those submitting the Holy Spirit, this is what he was telling me, and and immediately I thought, well, you know, why am I so why are we so special? Like we're the only ones that can pray for people, and the Holy Spirit's like, shut up. <laughs> You're preaching on listen to me. Why don't you just listen? And so, uh, so during worship, that's what he was telling me. It's like, I really feel like you and Tracy need to be up here and, and be open for prayer. And so um, if, and this is not exhaustive either, but I'll give some examples. If you've never received this Holy Spirit, if you've never um, come to know how good this God is, if you just want to, you know, basically just submit your life. I mean, this is, this is what I did when I was 20 years old, um, and I thought I was in complete control of my life. What a joke. I submitted my life. The last thing I wanted to give up was control. It was the first thing he asked for, was control. And I gave it to him. I said, okay, (laughs) it's a mess. You have no idea what you're getting into, but here you go. It's all yours. Maybe you've never done that. I want to give you an opportunity to do it today. Maybe you've you've just struggled with communication, friends, family, Holy Spirit. Maybe maybe you're not seeing that that way or you're you're not hearing, you're not feeling, and you're not living that life, and you want to. Um, There's nothing special about us. But I do believe there's something the Holy Spirit is speaking to our, our congregation and in this church that, that we need to address. And it's, it's more of a leaning in and learning and feeling and hearing and living with this Holy Spirit that we have. I, I really feel like it's, it's been a bit overlooked, to be honest. And I believe that the same thing that the Lord's telling me about submission. We need to submit the Holy Spirit. He's good. We need to let Him lead us. It's, it's not a bad thing. In parenting, listen, in, in, in relationship with your spouse, with your family... Even that one family member you don't like? (laughs) All of it. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. He's a helper. He's a counselor. So we're going to open up. uh, We'll spend a few minutes or as long as we need, really, uh, um, to prayer. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all I got. So Trace and I will be up here. If you guys uh, need prayer, come up here. We're going to pray for you. We love you. And we'll uh, just give us about five minutes to pray, and then we'll dismiss. And if you want to hang out, we'll hang out and keep praying. Is we cool? Everybody cool with that?